Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Sox fans, guess what? We're back. Southside Sox Mothership Podcast. I don't know. I think it's 34. Sort of losing track. Uh, coming out of a... Uh, who did they just play? Oh, yeah. Texas Rangers. Texas Rangers series. Splitting that. White Sox still sort of treading water in a division where it pays, I guess, to tread water because they're treading water. For a while there, we thought it was going to be a Soxy Chicks podcast, but then I remembered it can't really be Soxy Chicks because it's me. Sorry. You don't look anything like Bailey. Yeah, I know. I should have tried to dress differently or something. So, no, this is not a Soxy Chicks podcast. This is Southside Sox Mothership podcast. Welcome. Joe Reese saw the bat signal in the skies of Indianapolis. He managed to join, so it was not just going to be Crystal O'Keefe. We may have the podcast debut as well of Jordan Haas. She is having trouble, some kind of technical difficulties. We'll see if she decides to crash or not. Uh, and Joe's disappeared now too. So, you know, this is all good. We are back to Soxy Chicks asterisk and, uh, welcome Crystal O'Keefe. Always very thrilled to have you on the podcast with me. Thank you for taking the time to join me. You know, I don't have anything else to do. So (laughs) (laughs) on the carnival ride, that is the Southside Sox podcast. Jordan has might also be joining us now. We'll see. We'll say hi. If people actually do uh, show up. 
Jordan appears <laughs> to be available. Well, uh, welcome. It's now become a special podcast, even though this is number 261 or whatever it is, because we have a debut podcaster. Jordan, welcome. Thanks for taking the time not only to join Southside Sox, but to participate in a podcast. Uh, Joe, I think, is with us. I don't know. He's doing this thing. He's he's a tease. Let's face it. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I, internet is kind of being a little funky i think we're good now although, okay thank you for having me on and okay. i'm excited to talk about this team okay <laughs> well, then, that makes one of us so joe i'm gonna just hand the mic over to you okay here's the situation let's catch up joel uh, correct me on the math if necessary white Sox 55 and 53 i believe that puts in two games behind the minnesota twins mighty minnesota twins in first place one game behind the cleveland guardians uh for second place this is a, just a cluster of a division. It's going to be ugly right down to the end. No matter how much we want to, we cannot give up hope on the White Sox because this division is awful. It, this could be a below 500 uh, team winning this division. I don't think it's going to come to that, but it wouldn't shock anybody if it happened. Uh, Cleveland is uh, on their way to play. Um, oh, Detroit. They're playing Detroit. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Minnesota going out to LA. I believe they're playing the Dodgers and Anaheim might not be so easy for them. Isn't it cool to be scoreboard watching in August for a team that's two games better than 500, uh, split with Texas, not a great start overall to what has been this like key juicy portion of the schedule or the white Sox. I think we determined should win about 12 and 19. They're not really on that pace right now. So as is usually the case, Let's just go around the room here. Uh, sort of how you feeling split with uh, with Texas. Hard to win three out of four, no matter who you're playing. Um, Crystal, uh, how you feeling coming out? Obviously, win Sunday helps, but uh, where are you at with the team? I'm not super mad or worried, obviously, outside of yesterday. Like, they've played – they've been close games at least. and. Maybe it's like two to one and that's not great, but at least they're not getting completely shut out every game. <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> so, I mean, we'll see. I think the worst of it is up next. So, yeah. Uh, Let me <laughs> get back to you schedule. in like five business days. <laughs> Chicago White Sox, the worst of it is always up next. Okay, I'm going to go to the bottom corner to block. Jordan, you're on. How are you feeling? Hey, listen, let's put it this way. You're basically playing about as good as the team, splitting your debut on Southside Sox for the 500 weekend. Thank you for hopping on, taking over the Bird app. Welcome to explore the full studio space of Southside Sox and write any sorts of articles you'd like, but very good work here over the uh, weekend. I hope you're uh, happy to be with us. And uh, again, aside from, uh, you know, general panic and nervousness over like somehow blown up our our Southside Sox system which you did not do wonderful yeah. job uh, how you feeling coming out of a split with Texas and sort of heading into August still sort of treading water meh <laughs> fair That's kind of how I've, I've felt all season about this team it's meh it's like it's like usually it's been like when one thing is good the other thing is bad they've never Never two things good at once, or never three things good at once if you include defense. It's like the pitching is either bad or the hitting's bad or both, or the defense is bad and the other two are good, which gives us gives up runs or whatever. And this weekend was fine, I guess. I mean, 
we didn't lose any ground. We didn't really gain that much ground either. But yeah. that's, you know, the division that is the AL Central. Yeah, we're going to break down I, these these portions, which you just sort of summarized there, uh, Jordan, here in the second half of the podcast. Talk about how in the world the White Sox are going to put it all together to be able to start stringing wins together. But, Joe, if you are available to speak, uh, you're our Sox math champ. Uh, you are half of the Indianapolis field office. Uh, we need your thoughts on how you're feeling about this White Sox team. You were very optimistic, and then you got sort of you were you're very much a realist, maybe even sort of down on the team. So where's your biorhythms now with them? Yeah, um, I, it looks like they're going to just have to stumble into a playoff <laughs> spot accidentally. It could happen. <laughs> like it, it probably like. It, I mean, it's about 50-50 in terms of whether or not they make the playoffs this year, as far as I'm concerned, which uh, isn't ideal, especially the way that they've gotten to this point. Like, it would be one thing if, you know, Cleveland was performing well above expectations and Minnesota was going on a tear and, you know, it was kind of a three-team race where all three teams were doing very well and um just making it very difficult on each other. Whereas in this case, it's kind of like who is going to accidentally find the um, division title. Um, yeah. We, I know prior to this easy stretch of the schedule where they had 19 straight games against fairly easy teams. Um, they're 12 games into that. And now they're seven and five, which isn't terrible. It's nothing, nothing remarkable either. Um, obviously they had the major clunker, Saturday night against Texas. Um, but you know, overall, not, not the worst thing, uh, not the worst stretch of games, but, um, yeah. Um, overall, I would have liked to see something a little bit better than seven and five at this point and really to accomplish that goal of 12 and seven that we kind of set forward, yeah. of, uh, recently, they'd have to go five and two the rest of the way, which I would not count on it. Yeah. Yeah, Joe, listen, they very intentionally made the playoffs these last two years and it didn't work out too well. So maybe accidentally making the playoffs is just something to try. Let's just try that out. Maybe the results will be better. Uh, Let's play off of what you just sort of brought up, Um, Joe. uh, I'm not claiming extra credit. You don't have to read my stupid articles where I just keep rolling out what the prediction uh, for the rest of the projection for the rest of the season is. But when I did it, I tried to do it very um, honestly and soberly not to like be too hard on the White Sox or be too easy on the White Sox. So basically, based on that projection, the White Sox are the only team trailing what the projection is right now. They're a game behind where I thought they would be. Cleveland's a game ahead. Not that that matters. Who cares? I'm an idiot. But the fact that the White Sox clearly aren't playing better than they should have been just since the All-Star break, I'm not sure as too encouraging as Joe threw down the numbers where this team is basically 500 in this stretch where they really need to not be 500. They got a couple easy series coming, uh, but again, to win four in three days in Kansas City is not going to be easy. Uh, the fact that the White Sox didn't get, haven't gotten out after the All-Star break the way we sort of needed them to, to actually at least dominate rather than just play around in this division. Uh, how's that leading everybody to be feeling? Not everybody jump at once. <laughs> yeah. Commit. <laughs> um. I just have a really bad feeling about the next, this coming week, really. I don't, and they're really frustrating because it seems like they score a ton of runs and then the next day they score one and they score, and it's just this 
stupid trend I keep seeing. So I feel like they're just going to get completely blown out this next series, which is embarrassing because mm. the Royals. We're going to have a very different podcast if that happens against the Royals. <laughs> and we've had the, the problem is we've had that podcast already this year, probably a few times. So yeah. I guess it will be a rerun. We'll just pull back to like number 15 and we'll just run that. Uh, we'll have different haircuts, but other than that, um, it'll pass. Um, let's take a quick break. Let's uh, let's reconnoiter our thoughts. Let's break down a little bit about what the, what how this team can put it together <sighs> to push toward you know actual playoff contention. Which basically they're in. <laughs> they're two games out of the playoffs right now, which is ludicrous. But uh, if you want to stick around with this, go ahead. It's sort of silly to cut off halfway through a podcast. We'll be back in a minute. Uh, stick with us. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. White Sox fans, Brett Valentini here, lucky enough to host another Southside Sox podcast. I wish I had better news. Like, wow, the White Sox just ran off a week of wins. I don't know that that's going to happen this year, unfortunately. But what I am very lucky to say, doesn't have anything to do with the performance on the field, is that I'm here with three of my very best friends in the whole wide world, and definitely in the Southside Sox, White Sox universe, it's Crystal and Joe in Indianapolis, as always, and Jordan. Oh, my goodness. It's a first time. It's a debut. Welcome. Uh, let's talk about what this team is. Let's talk about this rotation. Uh, the uh, Kopech is showing signs of running out of gas, uh, which is not a shock. It's not a disappointment. It doesn't open them up for criticism. The guy doesn't have the arm to throw 180 innings, and the White Sox could never have planned on that for him. I think we've been estimating 120, 130 seemed reasonable, given the fact that he wasn't even starting last year. Uh, He's just two, what, three years removed from surgery. Uh, It looks like he's going to have to be taking some starts off. Uh, I'm thinking maybe he ends up splitting starts with like Vince Velasquez and they're both going like three because Velasquez can't stretch out either. The White Sox don't have pitching um, or they don't have a full five-man rotation, which might not put them in worse shape than Cleveland or Minnesota. But just rotation-wise, again, what what is the feeling as the White Sox? I mean, it's not going to get any easier. Everybody's getting tired. Dylan Cease is the one guy who says, hey, listen, I got mustache power. I'm going to be fine. You can give me 200 innings. I'll be okay. And, you know, I'm inclined to believe him at this point. Uh, we got Gilito and Lynn uh, sort of flip a coin. Uh, John Cueto, who I'm done saying he's not going to do it for us because he just does it every start. So I think we got two starters, two spots on rotation uh, each time through that you can feel pretty good about. That's three spots where you got to sort of wonder <sighs> – How's it making everybody feel? The fact that we only have two um, good pitchers right now is very concerning to me. I think that's the obvious, but it's not great. Um, It's a precarious situation for sure. And Lynn and Giolito are going to have to do some heavy lifting down the stretch. And um, I 
normally I'd have a lot of confidence in them to do that based on their track records, but I don't know, based on just strictly 2022 numbers, it's a little bit strange to be asking them to be relying on them to really deliver a lot of clutch performances down the stretch. Um, I mean, yeah, Lynn's had a little bit of rough luck with balls in play, but I mean, that's kind of a, a, a feature, not a bug with, with this team. I, um, especially yeah. with balls hit to the outfield. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Giolito, we have a larger sample size for him and he had a pretty good performance today. Um, uh, uh, but you know, even still the ERA is barely below five. So, I mean, yeah. Um, if, if those two guys can really put it together, then I, I would feel a lot better, but overall, um, yeah, it, it's, doesn't I don't feel very very good about about the rotation as it stands right now. I can't believe AJ Pollock survived the game on Saturday playing in between Gavin Sheets and Andrew Vaughn. I mean that's eight innings. Just I'm I'm astounded that he's still alive. Uh, Jordan, uh, I mean obviously the easy the easy answer is uh is that the feeling is meh about you know this rotation and their chances. Is there anything that you are hanging a hat on to say like, okay, well, there's something here. At least at least they can, at least Giolito and Lynn can go five innings without giving up like six runs, but they're they're still like not. You know, even even Cease hasn't gone more than six yeah. in a couple of weeks. It's the fact that I think we're relying a lot on the bullpen too. That's been wishy washy at times. Mm-hmm. Like uh, who? Uh, like Jimmy Lambert today. There was a setup that over his like last seventeen innings hasn't given up any runs. But outside of that, it's doesn't look good. But also the pitching for the other teams in the division hasn't been the greatest either. So yeah, I also can't hit. Yeah. So as much as their pitching isn't great, our hitting can't hit them for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. No matter how bad we want to get down on the white sacks, you still have to point to the other, to the other two, the, the competition division, you know, somebody's going back into the playoffs. I mean, you'd like, you'd think it's, well, of course it's, it's possible. We got a long way to go that one team could catch fire and really sort of play their way in and actually maybe be a factor in the playoffs. It's not looking that way right now. It's looking like a classic Tony LaRusso 83 and 81 team, but Hey, he took the Cardinals to a world series title with an 83 and 81 team. It's not going to happen this year, but we can, we can sort of pin our hopes on a dream there. We are going to end on a happier note, but there's still one more thing to discuss that we never really did discuss um, oh, yeah. And to your point, uh, Jordan, I think it's uh, Lee Allen who has this stat. I think he's put it out on the Sharon Sox podcast. The White Sox, I don't know if it's just starters or pitches. I guess it's starters. I like the most inefficient in the league. They're, or they're, they're, they're close or they were at, at some point. They're just, I mean, even Dylan Cease for the year he's having is managing to, you know, and that's why it's been such a revelation that Johnny Cueto can get into the eighth inning. It's like a shock on this team. And that hasn't always been the case with some of these other guys. G. Little's thrown no hitter, for God's sake. I mean, their guys have been much more efficient. Lance Lynn as well. Lance Lynn is putting as much time barking about defensive arrangements in the dugout than maybe being efficient on the mound. But anyway, um, 
Let's talk a little bit about the trade, trade deadline. The White Sox didn't do anything. I mean, okay, they got uh, Deekman, and he's been good, so that's great. Of course, Sox are on the hook for like $5.5 million still in the future for a left-handed specialist who is getting into the wrong side of the late 30s, if there is a right side of that. But okay, listen, I'm already through them, so I guess I can talk trash about them. Uh, so okay, Jake Deekman's on the team. Nobody else. White Sox weren't really – nobody really thought they were going to pull some kind of miracle, but the fact that there was really – it just was there weren't talks i mean okay show Otani. sure they were this close to show uh you know no matter what our diminished expectations it was still sort of a drag but the reality is there's just nothing to be done and it almost seemed like by design that uh you know you guys are gonna you fans are gonna trash the team maybe you fans aren't coming out the way you want to now not that there was actually quoted fan shaming but you know it's just a matter of time uh that the white Sox really didn't do anything uh, to improve the team. Um, so, you know, a, a little late, but reactions to the trade down line were even you a little surprised at how little the White Sox did do at the trade deadline. Cause I think we all assumed maybe at least a couple nothing moves. Yeah. I, I was surprised. Um, yeah. I, I definitely expected more activity. The one move that they did make was almost forced in a way with regards to, yeah. Um, getting rid of one of their catchers, and in this case, Reese McGuire, getting something for him as opposed to just designating him for an assignment. Right. I, yeah, I, I like that trade. Um, it's you know doesn't really move the needle probably at all, but I mean, I, the the process behind it is is, is completely fine, and um, I like I, I like that move, and um, yeah, I don't have any complaints about it, especially with the um, couple of innings Deakman has has given the White Sox so far, but. Um, yeah, um, yeah, I got something in return for someone who they otherwise would have just had to designate for assignment because he was going to be out of minor league options. Um, but in terms of as a whole, with that being the one thing that they did, yeah, it was disappointing. And I'm, I'm glad that Rick Hahn at least owned up to that much. Um, I mean, I would have much rather him made a bigger splash and, had, you know, kind of a victorious press conference as opposed to the one he had where he, he said something right along the lines of, of, yeah, I'm right there with you if you're feeling disappointed with how it went. Um, I mean, at least he said the right thing, I guess, there. Um, I, I prefer that over, yeah, we felt good about where the team is going and, you know, we are still aren't 100% healthy and get it, getting players back from injury will be better than a trade you know, there's something like that. Like, I'm glad he didn't go with that approach. So, I mean, I don't know, but yeah, I was, I was surprised though with the, the inactivity that they had. But Joe, I don't know if the White Sox have a seat at the table anymore. Rick didn't tell me. Uh, um, Crystal, uh, Jordan thoughts. I mean, I I know where this is going, but uh, expanded thoughts on on (laughs) the lack of trade deadline for the White Sox. When, when you have, when the only team with a wor- the worst tra- with a worst trade deadline than you was a team that didn't make a move at all, it's uh, it's bad. I mean, just because you, I-, I would rather have had a seat at the table and have heard that we had a seat at the table for anything than had heard nothing at all, yeah. personally. But also, again, this goes back to the division. Cleveland didn't really do anything and Minnesota got like a backup catcher and a reliever. So as much as, as much as we want to like rag on us, it's like they didn't improve in any meaningful way either. So there's at least that, I guess. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I really like the new acquisitions. I think it was Luis Roberts <laughs> and um, Ile Jimenez. Um, yeah. yeah. They seem really good for the team. So they've got that going for them, at least. Yeah. Um, but I am surprised that Deakman has been okay because I heard a lot of very mm-hmm. bad things about him from my co-host Bailey, about how much she hated him as a Red Sox fan. So, I mean, I guess there's that. We always knew it was really just going to be Luis Robert coming back, and that was going to be their splashy move. I thought that it was clever. Uh, credit to Han that he acquired two guys in um, – well, I still don't know. I, you know, he's, he's new to the team, so I don't know if it's uh, Robert or Robert. We'll, we'll figure that out at some point. Uh, that, they, that they got uh, uh, Robert and uh, Jimenez, uh, you know, that they played together before. I believe I've seen somewhere there's a bobblehead of both of them. I mean, it's cool. You know, that's going to help uh, clubhouse chemistry. I think you acquire yeah. guys who know each other. Um, you know, they're sort of speaking their own language already. Uh, you know, so credit to them there. I mean, you, you just have to sort of tip your cap, not only at the table, you know, but, uh, but acquiring teammates. That's pretty cool. I mean. Yeah. They seem to get along great. Um... And I've heard that Eloy typically runs into walls. So I'm happy <laughs> that I have yet to see that happen for our team. Um, yeah, there's like crazy urban legends about him getting like caught in like fishing. I mean, I'm not even sure what it means. Is he a fisherman too? He gets caught in the fishing net and. What he does on the off season actually. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that makes sense. Okay. I mean, we're going to learn. Fisherman. Yeah. Right. I think we probably will learn more of these guys you know, maybe in the off season. I mean, right now it's just stretch run. We got to see how they play, but you know, maybe off season we'll get some features like, you know, athletic or or tribune, putting some stuff out. So we'll get to know these guys finally, but it's still sort of cool. You're getting, you're getting teammates. So good point. I mean, I completely forgot about those guys, uh, crystal. So, you know, thanks for catching me on that. Um, uh, okay. Um, in an attempt to maybe round the corner here with something positive, uh, there have been some positive things. Sox won two games. Uh, they could have just won one. They could have won zero in Texas. I mean, it's not beyond the realm. Uh, they're healthy, sort of. Um, things that happened this weekend or maybe on this stretch uh, coming out of All-Star break, which has been disappointing, but prom- I mean, you know, we talked about this last podcast as well. Things, anything you see that's promising, maybe that you might not have even expected, but anything that's promising at this point, going into i know chris you've already said you are seeing previews for a horror movie in kansas city which trust me having lived there you know it can be a horror movie just the city itself but um good feelings good vibes um sort of going into this series or stuff you saw in texas um that's that's maybe encouraging i think aj and eli have both been really hot lately like AJ Pollock has really impressed me lately. I mean, I liked yeah. him anyway, but he, he, I felt like he was great this series and Eloy's been, you know, lights out this series too. And I mean, even Jose Abreu, he's, he's doing pretty good. So I think there's a core. And I think with Tim sitting some of the, this other game out, maybe that'll be a nice refresher since he's been hmm. garbage lately. But I mean, those two especially just they've been really hot and their bats have been really hot and I'm excited to see what they do at least against the Royals. All right. Before we get to Joe and Jordan on this uh, and this, you two can answer this as well, but I'm going to put Kristen on the spot because she's talking offense. Do you think what realistic 
odds do you put? Or what do you feel about this offense? I mean, obviously, it's the point we're going to talk about it anymore. It's like we're going to pick on the pitching, and, and there are always people out there you know, tweeting like, oh, you know, the pitching's great. That's not a problem. Well, okay, if they're not doing what they, they need to be as good as they've been or better for to drag this team to the playoffs because the hitting's not doing anything. But that said, the bats did wake up sort of or, you know, for, for a game, mm-hmm. uh, and definitely on Sunday. Uh, you think there's a chance this offense can wake up uh, when it really needs to here for the stretch run? I think there is. And I really do think that some of these players coming back has kind of been able to wake them up because it was a long time that a lot of them were gone. So I think they're finally in that lineup, like the the best lineup that they can provide right now with all of the core guys really back out there. I think it's going to give them a chance to wake up because they realize they are better than this and they've all been injured and they want to win. And I really think that they want to win for Jose because he needs something before he leaves. So I think this last half might be a bit more promising than I usually make it out to seem. All right. Yes, you have come up from 47 wins. So, I mean, (laughs) you know. I mean, still a little negative, but I think <laughs> I think they're finally getting back into that like groove that they were missing for so long. All right, Jordan, Joe, stuff that anything that you've picked up, especially maybe something that might surprise you that you're encouraged by. I mean, August the Brave, and that's that's. I mean, I think I think if anything, if anyone's going to provide the spark that's going to you know push everyone else to play better, it's going to be. Abreu and Eloy because is just ob- ob- obscenely good in August and Eloy when he is good brings just a completely different energy to the team that they desperately need and I think I think someone said on the broadcast or maybe it was again another tweet but so uh, Abreu is leading the AL in hits now which is mind-boggling not mind-boggling i guess but it's like compared to previous seasons it's it's a vast departure from what he's been doing but he's still producing better than a lot of people on this team yeah yeah and zach hayes uh threw out that uh um fact for us to to tweet out i believe fifth or sixth like all time august slugging percentage that's insane because the names along with them i mean aside from um giancarlo stan you know a contemporary i mean those were some pretty Hall of Fame extraordinary name. So it's, it, it's pretty bad when we're like, okay, we're going to depend on him, you know, to be the guy who carries us, but oh, he sort of has every year. So it's not the craziest thing to say, okay, Jose, pff, do it again. Uh, uh, Joe, you got something for us that maybe just doesn't evolve a Bray who, you know, listen, at this point, Jose, sorry, you're going to have to like slug a thousand this month because we're all depending on it. And it's just got to be. In, in terms of um, Things that I saw in Texas that would be encouraging. Uh, I do would have to echo the point about Eloy Jimenez um, showing off some power. Um, and uh, obviously, I can't really trust him to be out on the field like at all, um, just with his <laughs> injury history. But if he's able to stay on the field consistently and um, provide the amount of power that he's shown lately, uh, then that really um, moves the needle for, for the White yeah. Sox. And um, that would definitely give them something that um, they they need, especially with uh, how just how reliant on singles they've been yeah. uh, um, most of the season. Which, speaking of that, Tim Anderson, I, he didn't show me anything in Texas in particular that I'd be encouraged by, but I just know that he's 
capable of more than he's shown us the past couple of months. Um, really, his slash line since roughly late May has been mighty similar to like a pessimistic view of Nick Madrigal, like when he was in the farm system. Um, so it, it's he got off to a really um, hot start, like to the season. It's, he's just really, really cooled off. Um, so, so I know that he could heat up down the stretch. He definitely has the ability to do that. It's just a matter of when, but there's no doubt in my mind that, that he is able to um, make that jump back up there. That alone, you've made him angry. He's listening. And he said, you just Joe Reese's super Joe, just compare me to Nick Madrigal. That alone. I think you've done it, Joe. Thank you. I think we're going to have a really, really hot stretch from Tim Anderson because that those are fighting words. Uh, he means necessary. Yeah, really do it. Um, and, you know, we criticize Rick Hahn for his roster construction and some weird moves, including uh, bringing Sosa up again. I mean, listen, the options already burned. So, yeah, might as well just have him, you know, sit for like a game, go back to Charlotte, sit for a game, for go back to Charlotte. Why not? It's burned now. But uh, Cleveland has DFA'd like tw- like 13 guys in the last couple of days. They've, uh, uh, the, the big one is Framil uh, Reyes, but uh, also Alex Call, uh, uh, old friend. Uh, I think a third guy, I mean, not that that's a bad thing. And who knows, maybe they've just got this like great kick of stretching guys or they're wanting to bring up or something, but uh, it's not, I mean, maybe it's not just Han. We're used to always thinking, you know, we're the worst at all these really basic things, but uh, you know, maybe there's other teams that sort of don't always know what they're doing too. But anyway, Cleveland's had a strange, strange week and yet still they are the one team that's like playing a little bit better than maybe you would have anticipated coming out of the all-star break. So they might be this dark horse, I mean, you know, the spoiler alert on that dumb article I wrote is that Cleveland does end up winning the division and nobody seems to be thinking that is even a possibility, you know, and I hope it isn't, but uh, I guess it's just a, if you can do a coin flip among three teams, that's what it is at this point. Um, uh, Okay. We already know how uh, (laughs) Crystal feels about Kansas city, Uh, Joe and Jordan, what do you think is going to happen? I guess uh, briefly as you can make it uh, in this Royals series coming up, White Sox finally get their mojo. I think I think we lose the first game of the doubleheader and then win three straight probably. Okay. That's my thing. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. I think I think we're gonna put out whoever's uh, like Davis Martin or whatever for for the first game and then uh, whoever's pitching second. I'm not caught up on where we would be in the rotation. Yeah. Next, but um, whoever pitches second is gonna pitch great because I'm pretty sure it's played out. And yeah, so, I, I said uh, split. Crystal's thinking like sweet for Royals or something. So, I mean, I hope so far I'm voting. I'm, I'm wanting to vote with Jordan on this. Uh, uh, Joe, uh, what are you thinking? How are we going to how are we going to get through this road trip? I'll keep it brief. Two out of four against Kansas City and the two losses, they will score basically nothing. <laughs> Second. Second uh, that entirely. That's a, that's a bold but entirely <laughs> predictable prediction. Very nicely done, Joe. Well, listen, you riled up uh, Tim Anderson, so you, you you've already made out. You can say whatever you want the rest of the way. All right. Well, thanks everybody for uh, for joining me here on this. And Jordan, congratulations on the debut. Please do not be a stranger on the podcast. We'll be doing another one soon. I always say sooner than you want, and like we've done like two in the last like eight months. So sorry about that. But yeah, we'll do more. 
you know, if it warrants this team, let's face it. I'm sorry to say this team doesn't really deserve a lot of podcasts. Last year was exciting. This year's like, oh God, we got to do another one. And oh, Crystal shows up again and she's going to just go through this misery with me. Oh, God bless you, Crystal. Okay. Hey, God bless all of you for listening, reading, watching without all of you. We're not here. We'll be back probably before you expect us. Take care, everybody. <laughs>